you. Can you hear me? One, two, <laughs> two, two, one, one. <laughs> <laughs> Mike check, one, two, one, two. It's a taste to consider podcast, the podcast of many tastes. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we back for another episode. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Another week is ending. Another week is about to begin. A taste to consider podcast. Yes, indeed, a taste to consider podcast. We are back for a special episode. But before we begin, you know I got to start off with a song. Yes, a taste to consider podcast. Yo, Chief, they can't stop me from rapping, can they? Can they hop? I spit it through the wire, man. Too much stuff on my heart right now, man. I gladly risk it all right now. It's a life or death situation, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't really understand how I feel right now, man. It's your boy Kanye Titter. Shot Town, what's going on? Say you stick and sit a podcast. I drink a boost for breakfast, an insure for dessert. Somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor. That right there could drive a sane man bizzer. Not to worry, Mr. Ace to the Ezzo's back to wizard. How do you console my mom? Or give a light support. Telling her son's own life support. And just imagine how my girl feel. On the plane, scared as hell that a guy looked like Emmett Till. She was with me before the deal. She been trying to be mine. She a Delta, so she been throwing that dynasty sign. No use me trying to be Line. I've been trying to be signed, trying to be a millionaire. How I use two lifelines in the same hospital with Biggie Smalls died. The doctor said I had blood clots, but I ain't Jamaican man. Story on MTV, and I ain't trying to make a band. I swear this right here. Say, stick and sit a podcast. I really apologize to everyone right now. If, if it's unclear at all, man, they got my mouth wired shut for like, I don't know, the doctor said like six weeks. You know, we had reconstruction, I had reconstruction surgery on my jaw. I looked in the mirror, half of my jaw was in the back of my mouth, man. I couldn't believe it. But I'm still here for y'all right now, man. This is what I got to say right here, though. Yeah. Turn me up, yeah. Uh. What if somebody from the shadow was ill? Got a deal on the hottest rap label around. But he wasn't talking about coke and birds. It was more like spoken word. Except he's really putting it down. And he explained the story about how blacks came from glory and what we need to do in the game. Good dude, bad night, right place, wrong time. In the blink of an eye, his whole life changed. If you could feel how my face felt, you would know how Mace felt. Thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. I swear where the guy drive a two on a sue I got a lawyer for the case to keep us in my safe Safe, my dogs couldn't tell if I I look like Tom Cruise on Vanilla Sky It was televised It's been an accident like Geico The thought I was burned up like Pepsi did Michael I must got an angel Cause look how death missed his ass Unbreakable, what you thought they call me Mr. Glass Look back on my life like the ghost of Christmas past Toys R Us where I used to spend that Christmas cash And I still won't grow up I'm a grown ass kid Swear I should be locked up for stupid that I did But I'm a champion So I turned tragedy to triumph Stick and sit a podcast. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? 
When the doctor told me I had a um, I was gonna have to have a plate in my chin. I said, dog, don't you realize I'll never make it on a plane now? It's bad enough I got all this jewelry on. She can't be serious, man. Taste to Consider Podcast. Yes, indeed. We are back for another episode, a special episode. Yes. <sighs> another week has ended. Another week is about to begin. A Taste to Consider Podcast. Man, I got to say, I woke up this morning and <laughs> I got a pleasant surprise. A pleasant surprise with an alert on my phone saying my last episode crossed the line on YouTube was removed. (laughs) That episode was removed, but I'm going to get into that in a second. Right now, I have a guest, a special guest, Kimberly Whitman. How you feeling? I feel amazing. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> That's I can't what's up. wait to get into it. <laughs> Tell them about yourself. Uh, so like Derek said, my name is Kimberly Whitman. And, you know, first of all, I am a spiritual being having a human experience. But I work as uh, I do IT by day. And by night, um, I am an alignment coach. So I work with women, specifically busy moms who are, you know, working to build a life that they are happy with, that they feel fulfilled. And most importantly, that they are aligned with that vision that they have for their lives. So, yeah, essentially, I'm a life coach. That's what I do. That's what's up. And I'm also a mental health advocate as well. So that is a huge part of my life. And it'll always be a huge part of my life. And I'm always here for all things mental health. Okay. So explain to everybody what a what an alignment coach is. Uh, so an alignment coach, you know, it's interesting how I came to that. You know, it took some time to figure out how to define it, you know, and I didn't right. really want to get caught up in labels and all of that but I wanted to really articulate what I was trying to facilitate with these women so um, me and a couple of my girlfriends like we really brainstormed this and um, we came up with alignment because in conversation um, that word came up a lot and in my own personal life I feel like that's what I did in order to get to where I am right now I had to get in alignment with what I saw my life to be in order to get there and what better name I guess (laughs) to put on what I'm doing than an alignment coach right yeah that's I felt like that was a good spin on it because um uh just being on social media all the time and stuff like that, you hear a lot of people that's in the spiritual community talk about that word alignment, alignment, alignment. And it's very important. I don't think a lot of people really understand what alignment means. So uh, what does it mean to you? Mm, So alignment to me means that essentially you are behaving in such a way that you 
get the life that you feel like you deserve, right? So your life can only um, be as great as the standards that you have for yourself. And alignment is actually taking the, the micro actions every day in order to see that life come to fruition for you. So alignment is definitely um, becoming the type of person who deserves the life that you want to live. Right. So give me an example of what a, a what you say, the micro. A micro action. Yeah. What's, explain what's give me an example of a micro action. Um, hmm. Let me give you an example of a micro action. And I'm in the midst of coaching. So okay. I got a lot of examples, actually, okay. of micro <laughs> actions because my clients are doing outstanding. Um, so a micro action would be something like making a to do list. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a simple thing that you can do that can keep you on task and it can build your confidence because when you're seeing yourself um, completing things, that makes you want to complete more. Right. And the, the ultimate way to alignment is to our human nature is to want to behave in such a way that aligns with how we see ourselves. Right. And so if we are going through and making our to do list and seeing ourselves accomplishing things that lends to our self-confidence and self-confidence lends to your self-concept and your self-concept is essentially how you see yourself and you need to live up to how you see yourself in order to see that in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sitting here smiling because I'm. As I'm listening to you talk and the things that you're saying, I'm um, just sitting here thinking about, you know, like uh, I really didn't have the parent, the type of parents that, you know, uplifted me and told me, you know, they're proud of me and stuff like that. So one of the things that I had to learn by uh, going through counseling and stuff that I had to achieve things uh, on my own and stuff like that, and that helped me like build my confidence and stuff like that. And it's like every every task that or every goal that I had in mind, once I completed it, it just like build on top of each other and, you know, just build my confidence up even more. So yeah, I definitely uh yeah, I definitely feel what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's a real thing. It's yeah. a, it's small things. It's small mm-hmm. things like that that make a massive difference right. in your life. So how long have you been doing this? Oh, okay. (laughs) So let's talk about real life real quick. So I actually started the journey to actually following this calling in 2020. So, you know, we was just talking about how the pandemic, you know, killed a lot of things, but it also birthed a lot of things. And that was something that came out of the pandemic for me. And I actually took a course and and learned how to create a coaching course. So, you know, I wanted to be educated in that space. And, you know, I got a couple of certifications and I actually attempted a program a couple of years ago. Right. But there were some elements that were missing. Mm -hmm. And it's fine because I didn't consider it a failure. It was just feedback. Right on what I needed to do differently. So I went back to the drawing board. You know, I even considered quitting. And 
it ain't real if you don't consider quitting. (laughs) It don't matter what it is, right? If you don't consider quitting, you not all in. So (laughs) I, um, you know, I considered that. But when there's a calling on your life, (laughs) it nags at you and your gift will make room for you whether you want the space or not. So it just kept tugging at me and I kept chugging along. So I actually, you know, went through some other coaching because I believe that in any area that you want to be successful in your life, you should have a coach in that area. Right. So me trying to make a transition in my business and, and really let this thing take off, I had to invest in myself and get some coaching And um, this year, it was just like, you know what? Do it scared. Do it incomplete. But just do that shit. (laughs) And so I just did it. And it's been an amazing feeling. It's so fulfilling. Yeah. And and like we talked about before we started recording, I mentioned to you how I've seen, you know, a lot of the progress that you've been making. So uh, tell everybody about your business. So my business is actually called Soul Strategies, and basically that's what we do. You know, we are coaching women to learn strategies that are sustainable, that are translatable through every area of their life. And we want them to be able to utilize those skills so that they can design a life that is abundant and fulfilling and balanced and all of those good things and in alignment with what their vision is. And then we help them get clear on their vision because if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. (laughs) So we help them get clear on their vision so that they can actually know what they need to raise their vibration to meet Um, So that is the coaching side of it. And then the advocacy side of it is really um, a growing process. But the goal is to be able to impact the community and just bring awareness to mental health, but not from the space of illness anymore. Mm -hmm. I really want to come from the space of mental wellness. Right, right. You know? So um, that's kind of the direction that I want to go with the advocacy part of it. Okay. So you said that uh, you took the courses and stuff or coaching and all of that. So what, because this is a question that I get asked a lot. Like um, people always ask me, so I've done speaking engagements. I talk about it a lot on my podcast. I have my blog and stuff and I can I consider myself a mental health advocate. So why haven't I become a psychologist or a psychiatrist? So I'm going to ask that question for you. What made you choose coaching instead of becoming a a therapist? (laughs) Because I have my answer, but I want to hear what your answer is. First of all, school, okay? (laughs) I am not. Listen, I already got enough debt. From okay. student loans as it is. <laughs> I ain't, I was not doing that again. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, it took me going through my mental health challenges to get to the space of finding my purpose. Right, right. And it's like the, the pain is the way. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Even though in the midst of the pain, it don't feel like it. But that pain is is preparing you for 
your divine assignment. Yeah. And I, at the time when I was going to go to school, I was in the throes of mental challenges. You know what I mean? So the thought of trying to help somebody <laughs> was out of this, out. that was out of the question, okay? <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was saying to myself when people ask me that question, like, I, okay, I thought about it. But I'm not trying to go back to school and I'm not trying to do all that damn writing. And I feel like for me, um, not saying not totally throwing it out the window, like who knows what what will happen in the next couple of years. I may decide I want to go back to school to be a psychologist. But at the same time, I feel like right now I'm still trying to find my way. I'm still trying to find my voice and stuff like that. And. I kind of feel like if if I'm just focusing on doing what everybody think that I should do as opposed to actually going through a journey and going through whatever path is laid out for me right now, then I won't truly have fulfillment if that is the end goal or the end game of, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. So because people always be trying to be like, yeah, maybe you should be a therapist or something like that. I'm just be thinking to myself. I'm not trying to be boxed in right now. I just want to do me and just figure it out. Because, like, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm actually just doing me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a beautiful feeling. And you said something that brought me back around to a micro action, like Mm -hmm. a micro redirection. And that is everybody telling you what you should do. The word should is a clear indication that you have taken on someone else's beliefs. Right, right. (laughs) So that's something that you, you know, and cheers to you for being aware of that. You know what I mean? Because awareness is the foundation of everything. If you know what you're fighting, you can beat that shit up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because, like, just, um, I talk about it all the time on the podcast, like, me growing up and stuff like that, I've always seemed to be encountering situations where people always telling me what I should do. And that was basically like the foundation of my life or whatever, dealing with like um, my mother was the primary um, disciplinary and caregiver and stuff, even though my parents, you know, are still married and living together, but she played more of the the role of guidance and taking care of me and stuff like that. But she was always too overbearing. And I got caught up into that being my foundation of listening to what everybody else think I should do as opposed to doing what I actually want to do. So it was always that kind of tug of war with me and my mother and stuff like that. And I seemed to have, in the past, I like carried that into my other relationships and stuff with people and stuff. So yeah, that's that's interesting, the the alignment aspect of everything, because I talk about it all the time, and I say that all the time. I talk about it all the time, <laughs> that you can get so caught up into people projecting on you that you live in their lives, and you're yeah. not living your life. So Absolutely. Yeah. So just I always say that I this is not a mental health podcast because I talk about everything, but mental health is – a big part of the podcast so you mentioned your mental health um struggles and stuff like that so um talk about that for a little bit 
Well, you know, this is actually right on time because Mental Health Awareness Month is tomorrow. So (laughs) this is actually right on time. So, my mental health journey, honey. Okay, so it actually started when I was in college. Um, I was probably like 19, maybe. And I was struggling, okay? (laughs) I was struggling. Uh, I was getting a a pretty challenging degree. Um, I was getting an engineering degree. Shout out to the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. (laughs) You know how we got to throw that in there. But um, I was getting a biological engineering degree, and it was a challenge. You know what I'm saying? And right before that, I had kind of had, I guess, a traumatic uh, situation happened with my family and I was kind of uh, uprooted suddenly and had to live with other family members so I was adjusting to that my last year in high school so it was just a lot going on and I ended up having a mental break in college and my the, my aunt who I was living with was like you either gotta go to therapy or you gotta come to a school closer to home and that was my introduction to therapy because who's going to leave A&T? Okay, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't about to leave, so I had to get my life. And I went to therapy, and my very first therapist literally saved my life. That's what's up. She saved my life. And from there, um, it was still a challenge. Mm-hmm. It was still a challenge up until shit. I was hospitalized maybe four years ago now, probably four years ago now. And that was kind of my breaking point. That was kind of like my my choice point, so to speak, where it was like, Kim, are you going to let this take you out or are you going to figure out how to manage it? Because it ain't going nowhere. And it is bipolar, too. Right. And so there's a difference between bipolar one and bipolar two. Mine is more um, on the depressive side and hypomania as opposed to like mania, which is like a very high high. Okay. Um, so it was taking me out and I had to make a decision of what I was going to do. And that was when, you know, I really started to pay attention to myself right. because I knew that there was things that I could do to help myself and I wasn't doing it and it started off with me needing to get make some more money (laughs) 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 I'm gonna just be real and I mean I think that can be a challenge for a lot of people who are having mental health struggles is money money is a big Mm -hmm. part of it right and so I started to and it was hard too you know what I'm saying I had to have people shake me up and like look you need to do this you need to finish And so I got started making money. But then outside of that, I've started to realize that I have to be sovereign inside of in myself. Right. I I need to get to a space where my external world doesn't shake my internal world so much that it puts me in the bed for a week. I feel you. Mm -hmm. And I started really practicing that and being intentional about changing my thoughts and questioning my thoughts and observing my life becoming the observer of my life and 
reflecting on my decisions and taking responsibility for my part in my own suffering. Right. And I had to make some changes. And a part of that change was fighting my purpose. And when I stepped into that, I found a, a little bit of freedom, a little bit of space. You know what I'm saying? A little breathing yeah. room. And then I started to re- realize my baseline. And then I started to pay attention to things that I was doing that kept me on my baseline. And I started to do more of that. And then when I fell off my baseline, I started to give myself grace. And I started not to fight the feeling that I had, but let it come and let it go. Because it always comes, but it always goes, you know. So I really had to raise my awareness and be intentional about my wellness. Yeah, that's (laughs) everything you said was... uh was on point and one of the things that i say a lot on this podcast is that a lot of people just aren't self-aware to the things that's going on we look at you know all the things outside in the world and stuff and we we see a lot of things that shouldn't be normal as normal and we just go with that and we just moving along and not really taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. hey Oh, yeah. Ninety five. So ninety five percent of people think they are self-aware. Right. But only 10 to 15 percent really are. Mm -hmm. And those 10 to 15 percent, in my opinion, are the unoffendables. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) People who are very challenging to offend because there's nothing that you can tell me about myself that I don't already know. And if you tell me something, I'm not offended because I'm going to look at the source. Is this constructive criticism? Is this somebody whose life I'm willing to switch with or not? And if it's not, then it really doesn't apply. And I'm just going to let it fly. And that comes with really knowing yourself and having people around you who are going to check you, (laughs) you know, because my family is, they gonna let me know. You know what I'm saying? They gonna let me know if I'm I'm doing too much or if I'm not doing enough or if I'm being mean or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They gonna yeah. let me know. Mm-hmm. And I have to take that and then I have to make a change. Right. So when you first got your diagnose diagnosis, how did that make you feel? <sighs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. Crazy. Okay. I felt kind of crazy. It was kind of like, but also relieved because it's like, well, shit, this is what the problem been all this time. You know what I'm saying? This (laughs) is what the issue is. Okay. (laughs) Boom. But then it was like, just the, I don't want to call it shame as much as it was just rebellion against it. Like I, I can, yeah. I could take, I could fix, you know, I could do this. I mm-hmm. could figure this out. I don't want to take no medicine. I ain't really trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, nah. Um, but the rebellion around it, I think, was what delayed my ability to, my ability to start my awareness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I felt crazy. <laughs> 
I definitely, I definitely understand. Um, I definitely understand about the shame and fighting back against it and stuff like that. Because this is one thing that I've never talked about on the podcast before. So I think it's, it's, it's a perfect opening for me to talk about it. So I, I was diagnosed. This is something I have talked about. So I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And from uh, going through, when I first started going through therapy, what we identified was that this started happening when I was in high school. When I first started high school and how I, how my family moved from one neighborhood to a new neighborhood. And I was kind of like in a space where I was truly on my own, where I actually, I didn't have no friends or whatever. So I was in my family unit. But the family unit was non-existent. So I didn't have my friends there. So then everything started to like compound on me or whatever. (laughs) So in the midst of going to therapy and stuff like that, I think uh, because I started out with a, a, a older white gentleman. So that was interesting <laughs> to have that dynamic of them not truly understanding what a black man feels or whatever. So my second therapist was a black woman. And that's when things started to click more. And I had to understand a lot of things about myself. But in the midst of that, doing the therapy, she suggested that I should get on medication. And this is something I never talked about before on the podcast the moment when I actually started getting on medication and uh, when I started seeing a psychiatrist at that point and going through the process of talking to him and all that other stuff and them coming up with their diagnosis and what I should be taking and for what and all that other stuff. So at that point, when I was talking to the psychiatrist, they um, suggested that I get on medication for anxiety because I had like, what I suffer from general anxiety and I also suffer from social anxiety. You don't suffer. It's just something that you True. have. It's just something that's, that you deal with. Yeah, and that's something that my therapist, she will always say, don't own the stuff that, you know, don't own it. Yeah, if you say you suffer and you suffer. Exactly, yeah. So, word choice, people. So, dealing with the um, the anxiety, so that's... That's when I got on medication. So I was on medication for like uh, a good year and some change or whatever. And, you know, going through the process and going through the uh, the appointments and stuff like that and talking and all that other stuff. And one thing that I did find out in the midst of me going through uh, therapy as well as being on the medication, that the medication allowed me to actually progress. <laughs> And that's something that I didn't want to accept at first when, you know, the medication aspect of it was introduced to me. But it actually worked. And it got to the point where, you know, going through the appointments and all that other stuff where the the, the psycho- psychiatrist, you know, said that, you know, I can take a break from the medication, you know, and we'll see where we go from that. So um, it's it was a year and some change that I was on the medication and I haven't been on it since. So, um, yeah. 
it's interesting because I always felt like ashamed or embarrassed about talking about taking medication. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, how you feel now that you off it? Um, I feel I feel good because being on the medication it allowed me to understand myself more. It allowed me to understand uh, my habits and stuff like that, and the things that I need to work on, and actually work on those things, and to understand pro- the processes and stuff like that. So, I'm I'm more in a in a space where like you said, the external world doesn't af- affect my internal. So yeah, yeah, that's tight. That's exactly pretty much what medicine is designed to do. And I am not a I am not a mental health professional. Okay, I ain't got no degrees. Right. I don't want no degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a professional at managing my mental health. Okay, right. it takes ten thousand hours to be a professional. I would consider myself a professional <laughs> at this point, <laughs> whether I want to be or not. All right. But um, the medication is not designed to fix you, not to say that you're broken or anything like Mm. that. But I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me. (laughs) But um, it's designed to make you stable enough to engage in the things that make you feel good. Right. It's supposed to clean your mind up so that you can actually do those things, right? And so, see, I am still kind of wrapping my mind around the fact that I may never be able to stop taking medicine uh-huh. because I have a mood disorder, right. right? Which is a little different from just generalized anxiety or generalized depression. So my chemicals in my brain are or can be a little throwed off. <laughs> So I have to, I may need to be on medication for the rest of my life. And I take three. Okay. So that might just be a part of my life. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's okay either way. That's what people got to get to. It's like, I could potentially try to stop. You know what I'm saying? Because I have quite a few good things you know, happening externally and internally in my life. So um, I could try to stop, but it's like, I don't even want to play with it. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to play with the progress Uh because it can throw me off. Yeah. Throw me all the way off. So people need to know that you good either way. Either way is fine. So you, you talked about, you know, the medication, not taking the medication, throwing you off. So based off of like your diagnosis and then when you started sharing it with people, how did how did that throw people off? Uh, It didn't throw anybody off. Okay, It actually um, made people feel comfortable to talk to me, first of all, and then not have any shame around talking to their potential support system, you know. Because there is something about living in your truth that gives other people the audacity to do the same. (laughs) And that was kind of what happened. You know, it wasn't like a, oh, my God, I can't believe she's telling everybody this. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're saying this because, like, this is some stuff that I'd be going through that I didn't think anybody would understand, overstand. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't think anybody would get this. And it, I think it kind of liberated people 
and I'm an open book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sometimes to a fault. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't nothing for me. You know what I'm saying? It, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm right. not ashamed of it. So if you ask, and, and I'm pretty honest and I'm pretty straightforward. So if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just I like to put it in a way that I'm not a victim. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm the victor of my situation. I ha- I have bipolar. I am, I am not bipolar. Right. You know? And that's one of the things that you said was key about, you know, you just being comfortable with yourself and comfortable with everything that's going on with you that, you know, what others think about you is not going to shake you. And that's one of the things that, like, I, I still wrestle with, honestly, mm-hmm. that that aspect of it. Because when I get people um, hitting me up and stuff about my blog and stuff like that, it kind of makes me uncomfortable because I feel like I'm carrying other people's weight on my shoulders you Mm -hmm. know to even though it it encourages me but at the same time it burdens me to to feel like I gotta keep going and keep speaking about what I what I've gone through what I continue to go through and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I actually understand that too (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel that because it's crazy you say that that's a Circling back to being an alignment coach, um, my initial coaching was focused on mental health coaching for real. Right. right? So that was kind of where I started. And I got a new mentor. Shout out to my boo, Ronnie Brown. Okay. And I entered her brand rehab program. And this she kind of challenged me. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? She challenged me. And I don't want anyone to take offense to this statement you know what i'm saying but it it was a statement that shook me you know what i mean i had to go back and really evaluate what am i attached to you know what i'm saying and she was like what you're coach attempting to coach on is trauma and that's like trauma bonding you know what i mean and that is not a flourishing thing that's not something that people are attracted to like the people who need the services are the ones who are ashamed to talk about it the ones that's not willing to say i need the services sometimes you know what i'm saying so when she said that i'm talking about i cried you know what i'm saying i cried because it's like damn you know what i'm saying am i abandoning my community or whatever but then i had to realize like I had kind of wrapped my identity around being a mental health advocate (laughs) and there's so much more to it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not on the side of the illness anymore. I am working continually to stay on the side of wellness. And she suggested I become a happiness coach. And I said, what? Okay. <laughs> How fast? That don't even make sense. Like, am I even happy? You know what I mean? Like, right, because yeah. of my mental health, like that joint can fluctuate. Am I even happy? But I had to take it into consideration because success leaves clues and she is very successful. And I had to pay attention to that. 
and I had to accept that and hell give it a try because the other way wasn't working you know what I'm saying so I I switched my messaging to one of wellness and I still talk about mental health just from the space of wellness and it has attracted people women to me who are in alignment with the direction that I'm going in my own life yeah and just uh all the things you said is exactly like when I was saying when I first started uh the pod my my solo podcast everybody thought it was going to be just strictly about mental health and stuff like that but I didn't want to get so boxed in and wrapped up into just attaching myself to mental health and suffering and the things that I've gone through and stuff like that this was a this this podcast has been a a big part of me building my confidence and understanding who I am as a person and being confident in my voice and not worrying about other people's opinions about me and stuff like that. So every every week is a challenge for me because I go through, like you talk about the to-do list. I, I got a, a mental to-do list where I go through each and every week on how I'm going to promote the podcast, how I'm going to speak about it, if I'm going to record and that and stuff like that. And that's all based on my confidence and and like certain struggles or hurdles that I've gone through in my life or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> Might I make a suggestion? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. Take it out your mind and put it on paper. True. Because <laughs> there is a connection to your hand and your brain. And you writing your to-do list is a physical manifestation of it getting done. Right. And it registers in your brain differently. So don't think about it. Write about it. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and then you'll be about it. <laughs> no, and you absolutely right because this ain't nothing that I've never heard before. Like this is something that uh, my therapist would say all the time, you know, start writing stuff down, doing your homework and your journaling and all that other stuff. And it <laughs> it's funny because I'm gonna read this um this uh tweet I came across and it it made me think about um a a previous conversation that you had on a live that you did with uh some other people. And this this uh this tweet says somebody today told me that clutter is procrastination that we can see and it, it had it brought me back to when um you were on a live with uh a couple of other guys i forgot their names mm -hmm. and the you, top discussion yeah shout out to those guys and you started talking about the uh your people's environment your environment and how your external environment re you know uh represents or um is a sign of your internal environment and stuff and the cluttered mind and your cluttered surroundings and stuff like that. And it, it made me think about like certain things that, you know, um, I do and don't do. And part of my procrastination is my writing and my journaling and stuff like that. And, and certain other things that deal with my external life, but I know is really <laughs> going on with me internally. So talk about that a little bit. So 
Oh, wow. Alignment. Okay, let me just say that. This is alignment <laughs> because this is actually a conversation that I've been kind of having with my clients. So um, the first thing is my my question to you is how do you feel when you're writing in your journal? Like, like are you satisfied with that? Am I satisfied with it? I think... I think what I struggle with is that I know I'm going to write something that's going to be truthful that I'm not ready to face or I'm afraid to face. I'm afraid to face. Okay. So first you need to address why you're afraid to face that. But then maybe it's not procrastination. (laughs) Maybe you perform better under pressure. Maybe you're just a pressure performer. And when your internal world gets to be too much, that's when you're ready to get it out. Well, yeah, that's... Because (laughs) I don't write as much as I should, Mm -hmm. per se. More air quotes, guys. I don't write as much as I should, but when I do, it's impactful. Right. And I can't beat myself up for not doing it because what is that going to do but lower my vibration and take me out of alignment with the stuff that I need to get done to keep my life on an upward trend. So change your perspective. That's another little micro (laughs) action that has a massive effect on your alignment. And that is your ability to shift your paradigm around the things that are happening for you because nothing happens to you everything happens for you right so if you can even just shift that little paradigm then you can start to raise your vibration and get 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 some alignment in your life you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely right see how soul strategies do for you okay (laughs) listen listen go to www.mysoulstrategies.com and check us out okay there you go gets it done (laughs) So, talking about, you know, um, dealing with uh, mental health or mental illness, how whatever way you want to uh, describe it, you talked about your family and stuff like that and how they embraced you. Talk about how, um, if you want to talk about it, how you dealt with it as being a parent. Ooh, my mental health as a parent, man. Um That's actually a huge thing in the forefront of my brain at all times because I know that my particular challenge is has a biological aspect to it, a genetic aspect to it. So I have to be I feel that I need to be rather extra vigilant on paying attention to my son's emotional health, um, his ability to communicate his feelings, um, how I respond to his feelings, right? Because I don't want to perpetuate the idea of men not having a safe space to be emotional. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to start that. Right. So I have to pay attention to that. Um, (laughs) It's a lot. I mean, he is 
it's literally probably my second biggest fear is that he has to deal with the emotional struggles that I have. So I just try to pay attention because I know that awareness is everything. And if I can see challenges coming, you know, as a leader, anticipation is kind of like your most vicious weapon. You know what I mean? And if I can see these things coming, I can get him the help that he needs before he really know he even need the help. You know what I mean? I can start to course correct now what I didn't learn until I was 30. Right. right. So I just try to be, I don't try because people to try never do note that, (laughs) but I just do my best to be as intentional as possible and model what I want him to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I could tell you all day, but kids do what you do. They don't care what you say. Right. And so like, just for example, my son, he's amazing. And he breathes when he is like upset or whatever. He will stop and he will start taking deep breaths because one he's seen oh he's seen me do it and then two I teach him to do it himself you know what I'm saying that helps me in the moment when he's pissing me off (laughs) (laughs) to stay calm too right and so we'll breathe together and now it is a part of his lifestyle and that's really the first thing children sh- sh- need to learn, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. <laughs> so I just try to model what I what I want him to be like. And that's another reason why the girl takes her medication, okay? Because I don't have time to be falling off track when I got a man, a little boy, that I'm helping, you know, taking 50% part right. in raising a man. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um... And like I said, um, I've watched, I paid attention to your your journey and stuff like that because we've been uh, followers of each other, Instagram friends for a while. Yeah. And long just, time. Yeah, just the journey, like, cause, cause I plan to have you on the podcast, like when I first started doing the solo, but like now that it's happened, I feel like it it's all in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Let's uh, move away from this and let's start getting into some more different topics. Uh oh, here <laughs> we go. Hold on, can I have some more to drink? Of course. Can I have some more? Cause I feel like it's about to get <laughs> it's about to get juicy, guys. Maybe, maybe we're gonna see. <laughs> I'm ready either way. Yeah. So I wasn't. I didn't plan to do a blackity black woke segment <laughs> since I had a guest, <laughs> but. After what happened this morning, I said, what the hell? So, getting back to my YouTube page, (laughs) my last episode crossed the line. I got an alert this morning when I woke up and saw that that particular episode was removed from YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, I'm that controversial that (laughs) I got episodes being taken off of YouTube. So, when I opened up the alert, it was an email from YouTube talking about that I violated their community guidelines. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they said the guidelines that I violated were 
misinformation about the COVID-19 vaccine. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell did I say on this podcast to make them remove my video? Because I, cause I always be talking shit about the, the uh, vaccine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. So I went back and listened to that portion of the episode which was very uncomfortable for me because I never listened to my episodes. I understand that. <laughs> I hate listening yeah. back to myself I don't like hearing talking. myself speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and listened to it, and I was still confused. I'm trying to figure out, like, why did they remove my video? So there's an appeal process. So after going through and listening to that portion of my episode, the only thing – that I spoke on that had to do with COVID-19 was I played a clip of Barack Obama speaking about the pandemic and the vaccine and COVID-19 and stuff. And what he said was that the, um, the vaccine was a, I should have had this ready. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why I had this ready. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. You giving me time to think, okay? <laughs> of Let me how see I if can, I can actually put my perspective out on this. Let me see if I can actually pull it up. The actual portion. Uh, all right. Let me see. All right. Cross the line. All right. Let me pull this up. Let me see. All right. Let me cue it first. That they come from. Okay. All right. Let me see if I can find the exact point where I was talking about this. From Biden. Ghana that out. I ain't gonna lie, he was five Americans is still okay. Here we go, right here. So, this was the last episode that I recorded, crossed the line. So, I'm gonna play the clip that Obama (laughs) was speaking. So, hold on. So, you named the episode Cross the Line? Mm hmm. (laughs) Okay, all right. I'm just just following you here, all right. (laughs) So, let me play the uh, portion of Barack Obama. Fact that we now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. (laughs) Around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. People are dying because of misinformation. I am that one in five person that is putting my family and friends at risk. <laughs> Despite the fact that I go to the gym every day, I meditate every day, getting that, that deep breath, them deep breaths in my lungs. I'm getting that sunlight, that vitamin D. I'm eating right. I'm taking care of myself, cardiovascular, muscle, whatever, <laughs> whatever they want to call it, in, in good health. Never caught COVID in the two years that we've been locked down and all this other stuff. I'm putting my family and my friends at risk. But that's not what you missed in his clip. 
I'm going to play it again, and then I'm going to stop it right after he says what's very interesting. Let me go back. And yet, despite the fact that we've now essentially clinically tested. Did you hear? Did you hear what y'all beloved? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I've been holding in laughs this entire time. So that's the only thing that I can think of. But then when I had my, when I hit the appeal button and I had to write an explanation on why I am appealing this. So I basically say all I did was play a clip. If anything, all I did was repeat what President Obama said. I didn't say nothing against the vaccine or COVID-19, anything. All I did was speak on my personal routine and regimen, health regimen, and I played a clip. So we'll see how it goes, but I thought that was interesting that some somebody actually reported the uh the video and it was removed. So Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So <clears throat> Yeah, you gotta take a sip off that one. Um I mean the man said what he said, okay? And uh they they've been saying that you know what i'm saying like (laughs) we knew this was a clinical trial okay like exactly we knew this was a clinical trial and i actually have so i was thank thankfully able to get a exemption right from my job Mm -hmm. um so i'm very grateful for that but it it's my exemption spoke to the fact that this is a clinical trial and and we have um free choice to participate in a clinical trial or not and that and just the fact that there are lawsuits happening for people to uh get (laughs) revenge (laughs) for being fired and now it's not even in effect anymore listen (laughs) people People see what they want to see. You know what I'm saying? And there's a reason that they removed it. You know what I'm saying? Because right. all of this stuff is programming. It's just a program. It is the actual matrix. You know what I'm saying? And people... Group think is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? And programming and brainwashing is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And And scarcity... If you can invoke fear in somebody, you can control them. Right. If you can put them in fear and put them in isolation, you you make an animal. You make a robot, either an animal or a robot. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're living in the world with quite a bit of robots. But I am, you know, working on being a glass half full ass mother. Okay. So... I believe that there are a lot of people who are not robots. You know what I'm saying? And I think that if we can continue to raise our collective vibration, we can make a shift in this group think thing. Yeah, I agree and, with you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I ain't got nothing against nobody that did get the get the vaccine. You know, like, and listen, that's, what I say all that's the, time. the point. Like, that's the point of being in... Um, well, America ain't free. Let's start there. But right. I mean, as free as it's going, <laughs> right. as free as we about the experience, you know what I'm saying? You can, 
make your own decision. And you are entitled to that. Exactly. And if somebody has an opinion about that that makes them offended, then they need to check their attachments. Exactly. Because I'm not attached to the fact that I don't have a vaccine. I'm not attached to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not attached to that. I don't give a th- I don't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just wasn't right for me. Exactly. And that's and that's all that's all I try to tell people, you know, because like last episode I talked about like even though I I haven't taken the vaccine, like you said, I have an exemption from my job and stuff like that, it's still even though it's not directly totally directly affecting me, it still affects me in some way because I have family and friends who have taken the vaccine. So all the stuff that's being talked about, about adverse effects and stuff like that, it's going to affect me, too, if it actually, you know, touches someone or affects someone in some type of physical or mental way with any family or friend that I'm associated with. So it affects me either way. So it's not about talking bad about it or anything like that. It's about just making choices that you want to make and not based off of fear. Yeah. So, yeah is yeah this this whole these past two years have been a, a very disaster yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> a natural disaster and exactly. it ain't even natural but we ain't even gonna go in on exactly. it okay. <laughs> let me stop because i'm very controversial <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um another part that i wanted to bring up for this segment was the fact that Biden went to Congress and asked for $33 billion to give to the Ukrainian government. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I don't watch the news. Let's start there. I don't watch that. I don't really subscribe to that. My news is Instagram, right? (laughs) And then (laughs) because... The news ain't nothing but negativity, right? And I ain't got time for that. And um, what do people expect? <laughs> okay. When has the government ever done anything for anybody of the melanated hue? Exactly. <laughs> so, like, why are we surprised here? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we surprised? That's not a shock. But I'm not offended because, listen, I don't want to deal with the government anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be self-sustained. Yeah. So, listen, they have continuously proven that they are going to do what they're going to do. And I'm going to leave it at that. And, (laughs) And we as a people... Uh, you already know this. You already know this, right? I ain't going to get too deep because I don't, it's too much. Yeah, for it, it is too but, much. It could be shocking. Yeah, very shocking. And it's like, um, we need to be citizens. Yeah. And I'll just leave it at that. And I am a citizen. So, yeah, I don't really read into it too much. You know what I'm saying? I don't really read into it too much because that's that's pretty much what it's been. And the goal is to work so that you are unaffected no matter which way they decide to make a decision Mm -hmm. to get uh, financially 
sustainable, freaking be able to feed yourself, be able to, you know, take care of yourself if and or when them people decide to change their mind. Right. When they decide to tell you that they're going to sweep your student loans out of the out of the out of the bag, they're going to wipe that up. And then they change their mind and give it <laughs> right. all to Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? Like it don't matter that you know, we got homeless people out here yep, and they're giving people. money mm. millions and billions of dollars to other people. Yep. We talk about the food shortages, the gas prices and all that other stuff, but it's going to get worse. They can pull money out of their ass some kind of way. <laughs> yeah, because all they're doing is printing it. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it ain't even real. So um, getting away from the blackity black woke segment. <laughs> when I initially sent you the outline for the show, um, I put in a portion about the Kanye documentary, the docuseries. Mm-hmm. So we'll move along to the... Uh, movie tv portion of the podcast so how did you feel about the the uh, kanye docuseries he a genius he a genius and i know that um because people with brains like ours they work differently they work different and um you could tell from his art all of that he's a genius and he not stupid right I ain't going to rehash some of the stuff that he said, but he ain't stupid. You know what I mean? And it just showed that there are factors that go into mental illness, mental Mm dis-ease. And I think his mom was a big factor, a big trigger that, you know, really changed his neural pathways in when his brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that yeah. ch- changed his brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people don't, I don't, I ain't going to say people don't because I don't know who do or don't, right? right. But yeah. your brain matters. Your brain health is mental health. Right. Right. And so his brain changed more than likely because I ain't no doctor. But just from my own experience, your brain changes with trauma right and that was a good example of how it changed that that's how you see how it changed you know what i'm saying but i already knew what he was going through because i've been i don't necessarily i would say i don't know his diagnosis personally right but just from his behavior it's more characteristic of bipolar one okay so the the very high highs you know what i'm saying him when he was in tmz studio and standing up and fussing everybody out at tmz and all of that it's kind of like a grandiose feeling okay right and so i don't really get to that point right mine is more like uh impulsiveness and stuff like that that's as high as i go but i can imagine that trigger and and changing because i've been at that change that that change Mm -hmm. it was a trigger in my life that kicked that off that started the chain reaction of chemicals going wherever they felt like they needed to go (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of where they really needed to go and um it was kind of hard to watch at times because you know like i said i've been there you know and Mm -hmm. and seeing him 
be isolated and change his the way he talks and you know just even just him talking fast and talking yeah, all the, like stuff that. like that you know what i mean like those are small signs of mental illness of bipolar specifically that if you're not living with somebody with that you might not know you right. know what I'm saying? But like when you go to an intake for therapy, one of the questions is, have you been talking fast? Has right, Have you right. had rapid speech? Right. Because that's an indication of hypo to mania. Right. So seeing that is like, ugh, ugh, I know what that's like. Yeah. And in the environmental side of it, his mom passed. We don't know what it's like living with a Kardashian, okay? We have no idea. Him being a celebrity (laughs) living in that world and stuff. Yep. And then, yeah, and then mental illness on top of that. Like, it's just. Because I kind of felt like his mom was his anchor. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, like you said, when she passed, that was very traumatic for him. And he didn't have that anchor no more. And not really knowing how him and Kim's relationship was, but. She doesn't seem like the same type of anchor that his mom was, <laughs> right? So, no, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I'm gonna play not. this. Uh, I'm gonna play this clip and let me know what you think about it. Okay, it comes from the documentary, the docu series. So, I was thinking about something I was gonna say to you, Tanya, that I thought was important. How you and dad are and everything, but you know you got a lot of confidence to come off a little arrogant even though you're humble and everything but it'd be important to remember that the giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing <laughs> you know what i mean so you, you think do you think i come off too arrogant no come off just right because it's what's inside because you can't be a star and not be a star you gotta have some oomph about you don't want to just go saying oh i'm just really not all that but thank you anyway nothing like that i'm not saying come up like that i think the way you are handling yourself is really just perfect but at the same time if you remember like to stay on the ground and you can be in the air all at the same time that's what hmm. i think it means when it says a giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing everybody else sees the giant you know what i mean Listen, (laughs) listen, Miss Donda knew what she was talking about, okay? Miss Donda ain't ain't tell no lies, not that whole time, okay? Not that whole time, (laughs) okay? Because, first of all, you got to stay on the ground, right? You got to stay on the ground because if you live by their applause, you will die by their booze. Right. So you have to stay on the ground and stay neutral to whether people receive you or not. Because you on a mission. Right. Mm -hmm. That don't have nothing to do with other people. And then humble. I don't agree with that word. (laughs) It's not a word that I subscribe to. It it means to think lower of yourself. Right. And I am not humble. I'm not. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I don't have to <laughs> dim my light for other people to shine. Right. You know what I'm saying? A light going to be bright if it's bright. 
Right. And I don't have to dim mine. I don't have to try to overshine anybody. Right. Because my light is going to attract what it's supposed to. And mother knows. Mother knows. Mother knows her child, okay? (laughs) Mothers just know. They just know. And she probably knows that she needs to, needed, rest her soul, speak life into him. Mm -hmm. I like how... um I like how she just allowed Kanye to be Kanye. Because, like, I feel like in that clip, in that moment, even though she was giving him advice, you know, teaching him and stuff, he had a moment where he he felt a little insecure. And she she reassured him. She affirmed him to just keep being you, you know. It doesn't matter if people think that you come off as arrogant or whatever. A star has to act like a star. So, Period. Yeah. Period. So I thought that was a beautiful moment. I was like, when I saw that clip, I was just like, damn, that was a beautiful moment right there. Yeah. So did like anything else in that docuseries resonate with you personally or just the fact like us talking about uh, Donda and, and Kanye with you and your your son? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yep, because I am very intentional about speaking life into him, but also him knowing that if don't nobody else speak life into you, you need to speak life into yourself. So he will say things like, Mommy, do you like my picture that I drew? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I like it, but do you like it? Right, right. Because it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. Me included. Do you like it? Right. You know, so I'm I'm working to build his um, confidence in himself, his own intuition to know his own inner knowing that I am all that I am. And if you can't see that, that doesn't make it um, not there anymore. <laughs> right. You just need glasses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I want him to grow up knowing that. And I think that that was what her goal was, was to empower him to empower himself. Right. How do you, like, just seeing, like, the docuseries and just even before the docuseries, seeing Kanye's life and stuff like that, how do you feel about, like, how people perceive him or even how, you perceive him like how do you how do you look at him like because it's crazy like just thinking about because i i started looking at the docuseries again in anticipation for recording and i was thinking to myself kanye been quiet for a minute i ain't heard nothing from him Mm -hmm. so it's just it's, it's weird that this is happening right now that he's been so quiet and not to say that i'm concerned or anything but i'm just like why now is he quiet and just thinking about how like nobody's really talking about him being quiet, but they always talking about when he's quote unquote turning up or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Listen, if you set yourself on pot on fire, people will come from miles away to watch you burn. <laughs> okay. And Kanye West, when he is acting out more air quotes, listen, right. I'm the air quote queen out here. <laughs> um, but he acting out 
that's newsworthy. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's newsworthy. And Kanye being the genius that he is, it's not the same attraction. People are attracted to to bullshit. Okay, <laughs> drama. Right. People like drama. People like mess. And that's what sells. And if you're not giving that, then you're not giving what it's supposed to give. You know what I mean? So Kanye is, I hope that he's being quiet because he's taking care of himself. Right. You know what I mean? Because maybe he's realizing that everybody don't need access to my to my highs or my lows. True. Because everybody got an opinion. But everybody don't live the lifestyle that Kanye lives. And so maybe he's getting to a place where if I don't want to switch lives with you, lives with you, I don't care what you got to say about what I got going on. I'm going to take care of me. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's going through a lot right now with the divorcing and this lady got a whole nother man and all that. So <laughs> he probably real emotionally distraught right now. He need to sit still. He need to get sit still. But I always have been and always will be team con. Yay. Period. Okay. <laughs> Period. When people talk about him and say stuff about him, it's like, listen, I've been there and I've done that, but you cannot deny that man's genius. That's true. You can't deny his genius. And yeah. if you do, you a hater. I definitely had have a more a more appreciation for Kanye after seeing this this docuseries. And that's one of the things that I've always loved. Like I'm not too much into like into celebrities' lives and stuff like that, but when you, um, when those celebrities actually are vulnerable and start, you know, sharing certain things, then I, I seem to gravitate more towards those type of artists. Like you see on my wall, Tupac, Bob Marley, Marvin Gaye, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Those, you know, people that actually shared their lives to a certain degree because it kind of like. I kind of learned certain things from them or, you know, resonated with them in, in in a lot of ways. So Kanye is definitely one of those people. So I definitely have a more of appreciation for him for that, for, for sure. this documentary. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Nah, seeing the way he made the beats and yeah. all of that, because, you know, I used to play the saxophone. So I listened to music a little differently. You know what I'm saying? Now, like rap and stuff like I'm either deep or I'm surface, <laughs> right? right? So it's either twerk time or I'm listening for instruments exactly, and I'm listening yeah. for substance. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I hear music a little differently when I'm trying to yeah. hear it differently. And, yeah. I, I was just watching the docuseries and I was just looking at, like, his his drive and his, his belief in himself. And it... When I was looking at it, I I wasn't jealous or envious or nothing like that. I was just like, I was just like, wow. Because that's something that I've struggled with and stuff. And just to see a person just absolutely have that belief in themselves and just tell people that came against them, all these people were saying, oh, you just a producer, you just a producer or whatever. And he just kept telling them, I'm a rapper, I'm a rapper, I'm a rapper. Mm -hmm. And he made it happen. And I was just like, damn yeah <laughs> it yeah. was just crazy to me yeah so and you ain't from my perspective right 
you ain't really struggling with it because if you were, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. True. You know what I'm saying? So you're working. You're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not struggling. You're doing it. You're stepping out and you're you're living in your truth. True. So the give yourself more credit. You know what I'm saying? The what you think is what is going to be. So if you think you struggling and and yeah, all of that true. then you are. And true. if you think that this is <laughs> this is what you are called to do and you are stepping into your higher self, then that's what you're doing. True. So that's what you're doing. Don't be ain't no reason to be jealous or envious and stuff like that because the way I look at things is if you if it's in your current experience, right? If even if it's somebody else around you, then that means it has the capacity to touch you too. So it's almost like God is on the block. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you seeing that and that's resonating with you, that means that it is already done for you. Right. And you just need to keep raising your vibration so that that comes naturally to you. Yeah. Once again, soul strategies. <laughs> <laughs> Book me. Okay. <laughs> Moving along from the docu series, so we finally going to get into this topic. Oh that Lord, <laughs> Here we go. So it was two uh, articles that I referenced for this particular topic. So I'm gonna start out by reading the first one. Okay. So this one starts off. It's titled "Stop Calling Women Females." <laughs> Let me move my mic back because I'm about to be laughing while he reading this. Okay, so I'm gonna move back. Whenever I hear people use the word females when talking about a woman, I cringe. Not only is it grammatically incorrect to call an adult female human being a female, it is also a derogatory term and a modernized version of bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Women ask people to stop using derogatory terms like bitch, hoe, the C word, slut, thought, skank, etc., so they came up with females. The Oxford Dictionary defines females, female as the sex that can lay eggs or give birth to babies, while women, while woman is defined as an adult female, human being. In this context, it is used as a adjective, a descriptive word. Not only is the term female downright disrespectful, it also reduces women to their ability to have babies, which enables the exclusion of trans women. Calling women females erases their humanity. It reduces women to walking vaginas and sex objects, and that is just wrong. Many people use female as a descriptive term, for example, a female mechanic, a female pilot, a female engineer, etc. Many people are cool with this, but I find it weird because nobody sells a male, says a male engineer. Female can also be used to describe the first woman to ever do something. For example, if I become the president of my country, I will be described as the first female president of my country. It is grammatically incorrect to use females as a noun, when you say something like these females are so annoying, are you talking about female dogs or cats? <laughs> People who claim they don't use it in a derogatory word are liars. 
Usually when female is used as a noun, it is also used in a mean way. For example, these females aren't loyal or you females make me sick. (laughs) (laughs) Respecting women costs nothing. So why not stick to calling women by their names or just calling them women instead of females? (laughs) How do you feel about that? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm over here laughing because, first of all, shout out to Miss Armstrong. Because if I remember English class in 7th and 8th and ninth grade, it's not grammatically incorrect. It is grammatic, maybe incomplete, but it's not incorrect, okay? Biologically, we are female, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Period. Now, I do see the perspective of, first of all, what's his name? Omar Gooden. He messed it up, right? When he was like, I ain't going to call y'all unstable creatures. I'm (laughs) going to call y'all unstable creatures right y'all <laughs> these females are unstable Stable creatures, creatures. <laughs> right so that he started it all right he's he's he kicked this whole thing off with that right <sighs> again you have to become unoffendable and Oh, my God. There were so many things with that (laughs) article, like the whole trans thing. And it's just a lot. You know what I mean? And I think Mm -hmm. that it is a small fish in a bigger pond of issues that we as human beings, men and women, males and females, (laughs) have an issue. Like, this is a small issue. You know what I'm saying? Am I offended by it? No. But I do see where it it is used in a A derogatory way. Yeah, context. Like, Mm. these females be da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I definitely understand that part of it. But it's like, and, you know what I'm saying? I've been called worse by better. Like, (laughs) it ain't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? To me, anyway. It's not that big of a deal to me. But to have all of these other reasons as to why women need to not be called females is just pick something else to pick on. Yeah, I always (laughs) found it. I just find it crazy that people are so obsessed with pronouns and the labels and stuff. And, like, I just feel like I I would prefer to call you by your name, period, because that's that's who you are. That's more of your identity as opposed to a label and stuff like that. So it just always it just always confused me. Yeah, it's a generational thing, I think, and, like, a liberal thing and it's very um it's designed to it's a design it's by design you know what i'm saying if you watch these children's shows i mean you don't got no children but if you watch these children's shows like it's some wild stuff happening on these shows you know what i'm saying like stuff like it's a damn show where it's a door that goes up a character's butt. It's the door. <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. That is an exit yeah. only like 
type you know that's, what i'm saying that's like that, Im- that imagery programming exactly <laughs> exactly so it's a whole nother generation and they everything is accessible and everybody has an opinion and everybody has a platform to put their opinion and their uh supposed artistry out there for consumption right. and <laughs> it is just it just it lends to a, a wild society, a yeah. wild society. And people who, some people just like to hear themselves talk <laughs> and like to pick at stuff. And it, I just don't understand it. I personally don't understand it. But yeah. some people ain't got nothing better to do than to, to figure out whether you mean, am I a female dog or am I a female woman? Like, what you <laughs> <Right>. mean? Like, <laughs> Boy, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. You know what I mean? Like, as long as, how do you treat me? You're right. How do you right. treat me? How do you care for me? Right? Like, I mean, words are vibrations. Words mean a lot. But ain't not, you could say stuff and not have the action behind it. True, true. You know what I mean? Like... Some some people just think they super woke and they want to say female <laughs> and this and this and that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to figure out, is that person somebody you want to deal with? Mm. I mean, if you offended by female, listen, be offended, right? And don't engage with no men that call you female because that is your sovereign right. Pretty much. As an individual. Yeah. But <laughs> me personally, it's not a big deal. Okay. So I'm going to go through the the next article. But this article right here says six reasons you should stop referring to women as females right now. So it's six reasons. So I'm going to go through each reason. I'm going to go through one at a time and then we'll see how you feel about it. So the first one says because the words female and woman mean different things. Female is a scientific term that refers to the sex of a species that is capable of producing children. The term woman refers specifically to human beings, while female could refer to any species. They're not different. <laughs> One is just more specific than the other. Okay. They're not. Th- there's no difference. Okay. Where a female is a somebody who could have kids. In a certain species. What is our species? Homo sapien, right? <laughs> we are species. You know right. what I mean? It's just that a woman is just more specific. Like we know, okay, we're not talking about a, a fish. <laughs> we're talking <laughs> right. about a, 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 fee, a girl with a, a, a private part. You know what I'm saying? So Crazy. number two, because reducing a woman to her reproductive abilities is dehumanizing and exclusionary when you refer to a woman as a female you're ignoring the fact that she is a female human it reduces a woman to her reproductive parts and abilities also not all women are biologically female and the conflation of female to woman erases gender non-conforming people and members of the trans community we ain't gotta go that deep but you know Mm. just you know, okay. it, you know. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, nobody can reduce you to anything unless you allow them to reduce you to something, right? And right. so if you say female, I know I'm a woman. So why would I assume you're calling me anything other than a female human? 
You know what I mean? So, and as far as the exclusion goes, I mean, listen, listen, okay? The exclusion of the trans community. (laughs) Number three. uh, Thank you, because, (laughs) listen, because I ain't insensitive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a little cousin, and she is free as a bird, right? And I actually have trans family members right and i just recently seen him Mm -hmm. and i called him by his you know new name and all of that so i'm not disrespectful about it but science is science (laughs) Mm -hmm. and science is just science you know what i'm saying and a girl that went and got a BBL, she still don't got no ass. Because <laughs> if you move that, it's gone. She still ain't got no ass. Right. So surgery changes the external, but it is what it is. <laughs> right. Number three, because nobody casually refers to men as males. Well, that's not true because... Um, what they call him a nurse that's a man a male oh, nurse yeah. damn I didn't even think about it. yeah you absolutely right I didn't yeah. even think about that it's a male massage therapist <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a male uh, a male fucking <laughs> manicurist you got me you, thinking about uh, meet the fuckers and stuff meet the parents yeah. and stuff because they was talking about uh, <laughs> how yes was Gaylord a was yeah. a male nurse okay yeah. and did they not call him a male nurse right yes exactly. there are males it's just that we are in America and a America is a patriarchal uh, society. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, everything is geared to men. But the stuff that is geared to women, if a man do it, he's a male it. Right. (laughs) So it's just that we live. It's it's by default. We I mean, we live in a patriarchal space. So. Right. Number four, because it is most often used to imply inferiority or contempt. Not always, but often. And it's typically when female is used as a noun, i.e. females are the worst. Here's a fun exercise. Search the word females on Twitter and see what you get. <laughs> we ain't even going to go down yeah. that road. Well, yeah. Twitter's Inferiority Twitter's or contempt. Inferiority, again, I roll back around to nobody can make you feel inferior. You have to accept inferiority. So that is something that personally you have to deal with. Now, contempt, that's the only part of it that I can maybe agree with. You know what I'm saying? Just because of Omar. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because Omar lets you, you know, these females be tripping. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah, sometimes you can say that. But, again, it's like. Is that worth being offended by? You know what I mean? Like, and even if it is worth being offended by, why are you so attached to that particular label that you are offended? You, you, you so have to choose. Yeah, yeah, you get to choose what offends you. Right. That's why my goal is to become unoffendable because it causes you to react instead of respond. It takes you out of alignment. Right, exactly, <laughs> period. And so this is not offensive to yeah. me. You know what I mean? It's not, a, it, I have been called way worse. Okay. Right. <laughs> way worse. 
So number five, you already touched on this, but I'm going to mention it anyway, because it's grammatically weird. <laughs> it's not. It's not grammatically. Grammatically weird is something like ain't. That's grammatically True. weird. Right. Because <laughs> ain't or not is not something you say or am not. Like, that's not something you say. Yeah. Right. So ain't is a weird grammatical word. Right. Uh, com- com- convert. Com- what is Conversate. it called? Conversating. Yeah. Conversating <laughs> is a weird grammatical right. word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Female <laughs> is just a word. word. Yeah. It's just that they don't like the context. But context doesn't have anything to do with grammar. And I right. love English, okay? <laughs> I love English, and I take that stuff very seriously. <laughs> and that's not giving me grammatical errors. It's giving me maybe incomplete when you're using it as an adjective to describe something. True. But because it, it doesn't, like you say, anything can be a female. They, I mean, that's yeah. the truth. That's science. Right. Science, you, you can't refute that. But it's just incomplete. It's not incorrect. Right. This is incomplete. Number six, last but not least, and most importantly, because the word you're looking for already exists, that word is woman. <laughs> Listen. They was kind of doubling back on their, their point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen. Listen. If you got an issue with it and a man call you a female, then you just say, Listen, I don't prefer. Uh, that uh, description of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to take offense because I never told you that and I can't expect you to know that. Right. But I'm just letting you know I don't like that term and I would prefer you call me a woman. And that's it. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> just communicate. Yeah, Communication. you ain't gotta be nasty about <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't even know they're come from. Right. So in the gap, yeah. just believe the best. And, That's a and good point. lower your expectations of other people and raise your expectation of yourself. I couldn't have said it better myself. Soul strategies. Boom. <laughs> Boom, baby. <laughs> so we got a little time left. So I'm gonna play this clip for you. Okay. This is I haven't shared it with you, of course, so I I'm going to play it for you. I'm getting used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So many women go to work and voluntarily submit to a boss. I want to see who can answer here. Why do women submit to their boss? Why is it that you don't hear people rebelling against bosses and saying, that's it, no more submitting. Bosses should just give us money. Why is it that women are okay with submitting to a boss? (laughs) How do you feel about that? People should just stop (laughs) talking. And I be on Instagram and looking at the shade room and all that stuff. Because Instagram for me is like business or entertainment. Exactly. And <laughs> I just be like, young people got to stop talking because what are we talking about now? Like, what? why do women submit to their boss? 
The same reason men submit to their <laughs> boss because that's the goddamn manager. And if you don't do what you're assigned to do, right. you run the risk of being fired. I'm thinking that it's incomplete because she had to be comparing. She was Why do women submit to their boss and not their man? Exactly. Yeah, that was the she context. Had to be. By it. Yeah. She had to be because <laughs> it's like, girl, what are you talking about right now? Everybody kind of do what they boss, you know, kind of right. tell them to do. You know what I'm saying? But I, first of all, it got to be a man that's worth submitting to. Because I'm not going to let you lead me off a cliff. Okay, <laughs> You can lead me, but not off a cliff. So it, there's that, but um, we ain't got no control over that. What we got control over is our discernment to know whether you are that man or not. And um, I think that, well, for me personally, right, I am very alpha, I guess, I guess. You know what I'm saying? As if you got to use a title for it or a label. <clears throat> you know, I run my business. I'm a mom. Right. I'm on I'm on it all the time, right? Uh -huh. And I ain't even going to say alpha, right? I operate from a masculine space okay. in my life, right? That's masculine energy. Don't mean I'm manly. Right. I'm just doing the more aggressive things, right? The stuff that's like cutthroat, like, let's get it done like a man mm -hmm. you know man think like let's solve the problem right so i'm doing more of that in my regular life so when i think about being with a partner i don't want to do that at home i don't want to and it it comes about me being comfortable in my femininity to be that I think just submission is really just taking care of your partner. Not even taking care of, caring for your partner. Listening to them. Men submit just as much as women. Right. It's just different. And it's supposed to be. We're not the same. You know what I mean? So I... <laughs> I have no issue with submission. Okay. I have no issue with it. And I think that it allows a certain level of balance because there will be times when my partner, which I ain't got one right now, but <laughs> <laughs> there will be times when he will submit to me. You know what I'm saying? Because there may be an area of strength that's mine that might not be his area of expertise. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so submission doesn't mean surrender. God damn, they're not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Submission is just ebb and flow. So, it's working together. It's knowing when you need to fall back, when right. you need to step up, and being able to communicate through the process. So why do you think some women have troubles or why do you think this conversation is so pushed on social media about this submission stuff because you know you say it all the time on social media about women not submitting to men and stuff like why do you think that it's women out here that feel the way that they do or have these these struggles well the first thing women gonna say is because i never seen it before mm -hmm. but that's 
it gets to a point where you you got to make a decision. We're an adult now, okay? Our what we saw in our childhood cannot continue to impact the decisions in your behavior today. And then, listen, I love men, okay? Let's start there. I love men. I don't like to talk bad about men or women. But just in my experience, men had, I ain't going to say all. I ain't going to say all, right? Because what you seek is what you see, right? right? So I believe that there is an abundance of amazing men out here in this world, mm-hmm. right? I believe that wholeheartedly because if you don't, you ain't going to get one, okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and these, if you these women continue with that perception of, these men ain't nothing. That's what they going to continue to see, right? So the, what you expect. But there are a lot of feminine men out here in this <laughs> world, okay? Feminine men. Men who, you know, and, and I'm talking from experience, okay? Men that come to you and be like, baby, I don't want to work, but I want to help you do everything you need to do. <laughs> what I do that at? <laughs> what I do? Are you saying that? Not at all. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Not right? at all. Exactly. So there's men out here talking like that. You right. know what I'm saying? And when you run into enough men saying stuff like that, <laughs> then you can become cynical. True. But then that's where alignment comes into play. And it's like, if I'm cynical about it, then that's what I'm going to get. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm going to get. So I have to believe in love. I have to become love. I have to be love. Right, right, love right. is an action love is a verb love is a noun love is a everything love is <laughs> everything you know what i mean so i have to believe that in order to achieve that more air quotes right. in, in order to achieve that and i think that people don't really know how to redirect their thoughts because you you get so used to the same thing over and over again that you kind of lose hope that there's something else out there right Hey, we got through it. We made it. <laughs> Listen, he shocked me, okay? I ain't know half of these questions that was coming, right? But I loved it. I had a great time. I had a great time as well. So go ahead and give everybody your uh, your socials, your website, anything that you got coming up right now. Just let them know. All right. So... I actually have an adult coloring book that is geared towards mental health. So it's designed to help you um, get clear and and release that clarity and, and make some space in your brain. So it's called Color to Clarity, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and um, you can get that at my website. At You can actually go to www.colortoclarity.com, the, the word to, T-O. Um, and then I am actually about to open, reopen enrollment for the next round of my coaching program, the Awareness to Alignment Accelerator. 
So um, that that'll probably open up for enrollment on April. I mean, what what month are we in? We about Good to be in May. God am I. <laughs> right. May the fifteenth is when that enrollment is going to open for the next round, and it's only going to be open for a short time, so we can get to work because the transformation that's been happening with my current group is just amazing. So it's like, all right, I'm ready to keep it going. Yeah, you know. So the testimonials. Yeah, it's going down, and the the it's not even a. What you see on Instagram is not even half of what's okay. actually happening. That's right. the wild part. Like they're having wins that they don't even know are wins because okay. they've been so accustomed right, to feeling right, like right. everything is a loss. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to recognize a win. Right. So that's coming up. So if you want to apply for that, you can go to www. My no www.kimberlywhitman.com w-h-i-t-m-o-n and that'll take you directly to um, the coaching page and you can find me on instagram facebook all that stuff at kimberly whitman k-i-m-b-e-r-l-y w-h-i-t-m-o-n like the candy but with an o (laughs) (laughs) well there you have it you can also find me on instagram a taste to consider podcast greatest dot i am dot blog and you can find me on greatestiamblog.com and taste to consider.com you know all the uh spots uh you can also find me on spotify google play apple Podcasts, stitcher amazon as well as youtube also check out the unu network and that is it you know i end every show off with a song so we're gonna stick to the kanye I appreciate all of you. Make sure you follow Kimberly. Make sure you support her. Make sure you support me. All of the independent content creators, coaches, uh, everybody. Just support. Yes. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's the real one, baby. I'm telling you. Shout out to Oh, it is. Southside, we gon' set this party off right. Westside, Westside, we gon' set this party off right. Man, I promise, she's so self-conscious. She has no idea what she doing in college. That major that she majored and don't make no money, but she won't drop out her parents to look at her funny. Now, tell me that ain't insecure. The concept of school seems so secure. Sophomore three years ain't picked a career. She like, fuck it, I'll just stay down her and do it. Cause that's enough money to buy her a few pairs of new ears. Cause her baby daddy don't really care. She's so precious with the peer pressure. Couldn't afford a car, so she named her daughter Alexis. Yeah, been so long that it looked like weave. Then she cut it all off, now she look like Eve. And she be dealing with some issues that you can't believe. Single black female addicted to retail as well. Uh. And when it falls down, who you gonna call now? Come on, come on. And when it all falls down, man, I promise. I'm so self-conscious. That's why you always see me with at least one of my watches. Rollies and poshies that drove me crazy. I can't even pronounce nothing. Pass that for safety. Then I spent 400 bucks on this. Place to consider Just to be like, nigga, you ain't up on this. And I can't even go to the grocery store without some ones that's clean and a shirt with a team. Seen, we live in the American Place to consider Taste to consider podcast.